Welcome to A Flame for Christ, homilies to set your heart on fire with love for Jesus Christ. My name is Father Joseph Gill, priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, Connecticut, and you've joined us on this 23rd Sunday of Ordinary Time. Twelve-year-old Raymond was making trouble yet again, and his mother, frustrated at his bad behavior, just threw up his hands and exclaimed, Raymond, what is going to become of you? For some reason, those words struck him to the heart, and he went immediately to the local church where, standing in front of the statue of the Blessed Virgin Mary, he said, My lady, what is going to become of me? Immediately at that moment, he had a vision of the Virgin Mary, who held out two crowns, one white and one red. The white one symbolized purity, and the red one symbolized martyrdom. And she asked the boy, Will you accept either of these crowns? Raymond said that he would accept them both, and the vision ended. And from that moment on, Raymond turned his life around drastically. He ended up becoming a Franciscan monk and then a priest, taking the religious name of Maximilian, and we now know him as St. Maximilian Kolbe, the Polish priest who gave his life for another man at Auschwitz. But if it wasn't for that word of reproach that he had received from his mother, the young boy Raymond may not have headed down the right path. And, you know, sometimes a well-timed correction can save a life and save a soul. But that's not easy to correct others in a world that believes in just live and let live, right? Hey, you do you. Who am I to judge, we ask. In fact, our world holds up tolerance as the great secular goal. But truthfully, tolerance is not a Christian virtue. Jesus teaches us that we actually do have a a duty to care for the spiritual lives of others. And now there's a beautiful principle in Catholic teaching called solidarity. And basically it's the idea that we are our brother's keeper not only in the physical needs of our brothers and sisters, but also in their spiritual needs. And that's why in addition to the seven corporal works of mercy, you know, works such as feeding the hungry, giving drink to the thirsty, sheltering the homeless, we also have seven spiritual works of mercy, such as praying for the living and the dead, counseling the doubtful, instructing the ignorant, and the very difficult one that Christ talks about in today's gospel, which is admonish the sinner. You know, think about it just in a a human standpoint. If we were to see a car crash by the side of the road, I hope we would have the generosity and the heart to stop and to try to help the people who might be injured. We wouldn't just pass by and say, well, it's not my problem. They can do whatever they want. Well, the truth is many people's spiritual lives really are car wrecks, right? They're living in sin and their eternal souls are in danger of being lost. Can we just pass by them without helping? Now, of course, Christian correction is one of the hardest things to do well. And if we see our brothers and sisters sinning, how can we offer a word of reproach with the merciful heart of Christ? Here are some tips and techniques for how to offer fraternal correction with the heart of Christ. First, we have to discern if we are actually called to say something. You know, we're not called to correct everyone at every moment. That would be tiring and people would tire of us. And sometimes we're just not the right person to say something. Sometimes the fault is so small that for the time being we have to overlook it. And sometimes we may want to help the person grow, but it's just not the right time. Their heart's not open. It's not the right situation. And so we really have to listen to the Holy Spirit who will put a burning desire on our heart if we're supposed to speak up. A second thing we have to discern is why do we want to correct others? Is it because we truly care about them or because we want to feel superior? Is it because their fault is just bothering us and we want to be relieved of their annoying habit? We actually must make sure that we're motivated by love for them and for their soul. That should be the only motivation for why we want to correct a brother or sister. Third, we should cover it all in humility and prayer. Because our goal is not to win an argument, but to change a soul. 
And so we pray that the Holy Spirit may give us the words to speak and give them the ears and the heart to listen. Fourth, we must speak boldly and courageously, but also kindly and mercifully. You know, humor often helps. A friend of mine talks about giving a compliment sandwich, where you start out by saying something nice about the other person, then slip in the correction, and then close it with another compliment. Kind of makes it a little bit more palatable for the person. Fifth, we really have to show them how Christ's way leads to greater happiness. Every decision that we make, we make it because we think it's going to make us happy. That's the burning desire of all of our hearts, the burning desire of all of our choices. But when we sin, we're choosing a counterfeit happiness over the real happiness. And so in order to try to win this soul for Christ, we have to point out how true happiness comes from following the Lord. And finally, we must never forget that even Jesus had people get angry with him when he had to reproach them for their faults. So even if it doesn't go well, don't be discouraged. We cannot be so concerned about our reputation or even our relationship with that person that we stay silent when we are called to speak. But with all of these caveats, do not be afraid because sometimes a correction is all that someone needs in order to become a great saint. You know, in the early days of the church, there was a young, wealthy, attractive actress by the name of Pelagia. She was kind of an ancient version of a Hollywood star, you know, complete with an entourage, the finest gold and jewelry. And one day she was passing through the city, past the cathedral, all decked out and kind of immodestly dressed, just as a meeting of bishops was concluding. So all the bishops, when they came out of the church, saw her and immediately looked away, as her clothing was rather revealing, except for one holy bishop by the name of Nanus, who said, I am delighted to see such a display. Now, the other bishops were horrified that the holy bishop would delight in such sensuality, but Nanus continued, Look how this woman cares far more for her body and for the things of this world than we care for our souls and the things of eternity. Now, his fellow bishops were shamed, but Pelagia was struck to the heart by his words, which were both gentle but also penetrating and piercing. The next Sunday, she secretly attended Bishop Nanus's Mass, where he preached once again about the vanity of this world and the delights of eternity with God. And so again, she was cut to the heart, and the next day came to Nanus and asked for baptism. She was baptized and changed her life completely. She freed her slaves that she had had, she gave her riches to the poor, and she began to live a life of prayer and works of charity. And she's now Saint Pelagia, who became a saint through the courage of one bishop to speak a difficult word to her. So my friends, do not be afraid. As Christians, we are called to take care of the spiritual well-being of our brothers and sisters, first by praying for them, second by setting a good example for them, and at times, speaking a word to bring them closer to the Lord.